your Bibles to Genesis chapter 5. That is where we will be here in a few moments. Genesis, the fifth chapter. It's really good seeing you all out this morning. We have a wonderful crowd here. We have many, many guests who are visiting with us. We really appreciate you all being here with us today. I'm so glad to be back with you all. I have been gone on a week-long gospel meeting. And anytime you get back, it's always so refreshing. I am so thankful that I'm a part of this wonderful congregation. I had a great encouraging time up there in Dayton, but there's no place like home. So I'm very happy and excited to be back with you all this morning on this beautiful Lord's Day to worship and serve and glorify the great God in heaven. Genesis chapter 5. How difficult it must have been. How difficult it must have been to have lived in a world that was plagued by the curse of sin. How difficult must that have been? How difficult must it have been to have lived in a world where every thought, every intention of the heart of man was only evil continually. That must have been a very, very difficult world to live in. How difficult it must have been to see people around you, your friends, your family, your neighbors, your co-workers, dropping like flies. Because they have transgressed the will of God. They have lived their lives according to their own selfish desires. How difficult must that have been? In Genesis chapter 5, we have the lineage of Adam through Noah, and we see the clear effect that sin had on this world. In Genesis chapter 5, starting in verse number 5, the Bible says, Thus all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Verse 8, Thus all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. Verse 11, Thus all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died. Verse 14, Thus all the days of Kenan were 910 years, and he died. Verse 17, Thus all the days of Mahalel were 895 years, and he died. Do you see the common denominator? And he died. Man died because man sinned. Man died because man transgressed the will of God. Man died because all the way from the very beginning of time, it was man who ate that forbidden fruit, thus flinging open the door to sin and death. And don't throw stones at Adam. If Adam hadn't have eaten the fruit, one of us would have. Man died because man sinned. From one man, sin came into this world. Death came because of sin, and sin and death has spread to all because all have sinned. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of our sins is death. And sin, when it is full-blown, brings forth death. Here in Genesis chapter 5, we see very, very clearly 
that when man sins, man dies. But thankfully, when man serves God, when he follows the Lord, and when he walks with God, he breaks the pattern. When man serves God, when he follows God, and when he walks with God, he has a chance to live. Here in Genesis chapter 5, just after this roster of death is listed, we see a man by the name of Enoch who breaks the pattern. In Genesis chapter 5, starting in verse number 20, the Bible says, Thus all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah for 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Enoch broke the pattern. Enoch was a man who lived in the same world as Adam who died, the same world as Seth who died, the same world as Enosh who died, the same world as Jared who died, the same world as Kenan who died, the same world as Mahalel who died. Enoch was a man who lived in the same world as all of these men who died, but he did not because he was a man who walked with God. Enoch was a man who had a very special and a very intimate relationship with the Lord. He was a man who, despite the sinful, heathen, godless, wicked world around him, continued to faithfully walk with his Lord. This phrase, walk with God, is a unique term that is only used about four times in Scripture. Here in Genesis chapter 5, we see that it's used twice to describe how Enoch walked with God. In Genesis chapter 6, it describes how Enoch's great-grandson Noah walked with God. In Malachi chapter 2 and verse number 6, the Lord had a desire for the wicked priest in Israel to walk with him, but they did not. We see this term is a special term used for special people. It is a special term used for special people who are consistently conscious of the nearness and the presence of God in this world. And they live their lives as if they recognize that God is always there. People who walk with God serve God and they strive to follow Him and obey Him in everything that they do. This is the life of Enoch. Enoch was a man who, though he lived in a world full of sin, continued to walk with God. And because he walked with God, he was taken up into an eternal realm that would never fade away. But not only that, not only was Enoch a man who lived in a world full of sin that was able to walk with God, but Enoch was a man who pleased God. Though everyone else in the world around him disappointed God, Enoch was a man who was able to please God. In Hebrews chapter 11, in Hebrews chapter 11, as the Hebrew writer is describing the faithful lives of men and women of long ago, in verse number five, he says, by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found. Why? Because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having 
pleased God. Enoch was translated into a heavenly realm. He was taken up by God into paradise because he was a man who pleased God in spite of everyone, in spite of what everyone in the world around him was doing. Enoch did what was right. And because he did what was right, God was pleased. God was also pleased by the fact that Enoch was a man who believed in God, and Enoch was a man who trusted in God. That is what it takes for one to please God. One must believe that he exists and believe and trust that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The text tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 in verse number 6, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Enoch was able to please God in this ungodly world because despite what everyone else said about God, despite how his friends, his family members, and those who he was associated with perhaps cursed God, despite what they did, Enoch was a man who believed God and he trusted in the promises of God. Therefore, he was taken by God and he did not see death. But not only that, not only was Enoch a man who walked with God, not only was he a man who pleased God, but Enoch was a man who boldly, confidently, and unequivocally preached the word of God. In a world full of people who despised God, in a world full of people who rejected God, in a world full of people who lived their lives according to their own selfish desires, in a world full of people whose hearts and whose minds were focused only on doing evil, Enoch did not back down. Enoch was not intimidated. He boldly and he unequivocally preached the word of God. In his letter, Jude, who is believed to be the half-brother of Jesus, is writing to Christians, encouraging these Christians who are living in a very similar world that Enoch was living in. He's encouraging these Christians who are living in a sinful, pagan, heathen, wicked, and godless world. A world that is full of false teaching. Jude encourages these Christians by saying, Contend for the faith. Stand up for the truth. Do what is right and preach what is right. After Jude describes the end result of men and women who transgress the will of God, he drops down in verse number 14, and he says, It was about these, these wicked, awful, evil people that he just spoke of. It was about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, The Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way. And of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. How difficult must that have been? How difficult must it have been for Enoch to preach such a hard message to a world that was so, so ungodly. How difficult must it have been for Enoch to live against the grain and stand up and call out the sins of this ungodly nation. That must have been a very difficult thing for him to do. But Enoch didn't back down. 
Enoch didn't ignore the sins. He didn't take the sins lightly. He didn't preach some shallow, watered-down message. No, he boldly and he confidently preached the word of God. He preached the message of judgment. He told this nation that because of their ungodliness, God would destroy them. That's what God told him to say, and that's what he said to these people, despite what they thought and despite what they may or may not have felt about the message. And because of this, he was a man who was translated into a heavenly realm. Because of this, he was a man who lived in an ungodly world that never experienced death because he was taken by God. Enoch was a man of exceptional character. Enoch was a man who displayed such an exceptional character in a world that despised righteousness, godliness, and holy living. He was able to live this life because he had an unwavering faith and devotion to his Lord. Enoch was a man who constantly, every single day, walked in step with his Lord. He was a man who every single day strove to please his God. By his actions, he proclaimed that I believe in God and I trust in God's promises. And he was a man, despite what everyone may have thought and despite what everyone around him may have felt, boldly and confidently preached the word of God. And because of this, he was not because he was taken by God. And so, the lesson for us this morning is, if we, as children of God, who are living in a world full of people who do what is right in their own eyes. If we, as people who have been washed by the blood of Jesus, who are living in a world full of people who despise righteousness and exalt folly, if we, as people who have been added to the church of God, who are living in a world full of people who curse God, If we expect to make it out of this world alive, if we expect to make it out of this world spiritually, if we expect to escape eternal damnation, then we, just as Enoch did, must be people who every single day get up and walk with God. We must walk with God. We must strive to have this intimate, dear relationship with our Lord. Those in this world who we are most intimate and most dear to are those who we spend the most time with. If you are married, that is likely your spouse. From the very beginning of time in Genesis chapter 2, the Lord said, when a man and a woman come together, the two become one flesh. They are connected. They are connected in a very, very dear and a very, very intimate way. This is the type of relationship that God longs to have with us. In Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul speaks of how the marriage union between a man and a woman is like the union that we have with God. God wants to take care of us. He wants to provide for us. He wants to have a very, very close relationship with us. I love the way that the Lord describes his desire to be 
in a relationship with his people in Ezekiel chapter 16. In Ezekiel chapter 16, we see the love that God has for his people and the desire that he has to be in a relationship with his people. Ezekiel chapter 16, starting in verse number 8, the Lord says to his rebellious people, When I passed by you again and saw you, behold, you were at the age for love. And I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your nakedness. I made my vow to you and entered into a covenant with you, declares the Lord God. And you became mine. And as his, the Lord says in verse 9, I bathed you with water and washed off your blood from you and anointed you with oil. I clothed you with embroidered cloth and shod you with fine leather. I wrapped you in fine linen and covered you with silk. And I adorned you with ornaments and put bracelets on your wrist and a chain on your neck. And I put a ring on your nose and earrings in your ears and a beautiful crown on your head. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver. And your clothing was of fine linen and silk and embroidered cloth. You ate fine flour and honey and oil. You grew exceedingly beautiful and advanced to royalty. And your renown went forth among the nations because of your beauty. For it was perfect through the splendor that I bestowed on you, declares the Lord. This is what God longs to do for His people. This is what God has done for His people. God has provided His people. God has provided us. God has provided those who have been washed by the blood of Jesus the very, very best. He gave us His Son. And He gave us His Son. And He gave us eternal life so that we could be joined in this type of relationship with Him. This is what God wants from us. May that feeling be mutual. May we be people who have the same desire to be joined in a relationship with our God. May we be people who have that same desire to come to know the Lord. May we be people who have a desire for God to know us. Tell God what is on your heart. Tell Him what frustrates you. Tell Him what you are upset about. Tell Him what you struggle with. Tell Him what you love to do. Talk to God every single day. Listen to God every single day through His Word. And strive to walk in step with the Savior that He sent to this world to die for your sins. When we have this type of attitude, we are people who are walking with God. And when we walk with God, we are people who are pleasing to God. When we have that type of desire for the Lord, we are pleasing to God because by our actions, by our example, by the things that we say, by the things that we do, by the things that we avoid, by the way we live our lives, we are proclaiming to God and we are proclaiming to this very sinful world that we believe that God is and we trust in His promises. 
We let God know and we let this world know that we believe there is truly a God in heaven and we believe that He died for our sins to give us eternal life. We believe that all power is in His hands. We believe that one day we too will rise and be caught up with Him in the air to live with Him forever. When we live our lives for the Lord, when we walk with God, we let God know and we let this sinful world that is perishing every single day know that there is a God and we trust in His promises. And those who believe in God and those who trust in His promises are pleasing to God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6. But may we never get so comfortable with our own personal relationship with the Lord that we could not care less about the people in this world around us who are dropping like flies every single day. May we, be not, may we not be so comfortable with, with this local church that we are a part of, though it is a wonderful, wonderful group and it is a blessing from God. May we not be so comfortable with our own families and our own children who know the Lord, though that is a wonderful, wonderful thing when all of God's people are worshiping together. But may we not be so comfortable in our own little boxes that we forget about the people in this world who are dying every single day. May we be like Enoch, who lived in a world full of sin and boldly and confidently preached the Word of God. May we be people who warn this world that is perishing that there is a great day coming. There is a day that is going to come like a thief in the night when everyone will think they're comfortable, everyone will think they're secure, but it's going to come upon them like labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. And no one will escape. May we warn our world about this great and awesome day. May we warn this world that they are able to be saved from the wrath of God by believing God and by trusting in His promises. In Mark chapter 15, verse 16 through 15, Jesus says, Go into all of the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Go into all of the world and tell this world about me. Tell this world about how I died for your sins. Tell this world about how I got up three days later with the keys of death and hell at my fingertips. And tell this world that the only way to the Father... The only way to have eternal life, the only way to be spared from death is through me. That is what Christ has told each and every one of us to do. We all must be busy preaching and teaching the gospel to this world that is perishing. It is not just the one who is standing behind a pulpit to preach the word. My job and my responsibility is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. It is all of our jobs. It is all of our responsibilities to serve the Lord and to serve this world by preaching the word of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20, the Apostle Paul reminds us that we are all ambassadors of the kingdom of God who have been entrusted with this message of reconciliation. And it is through us, it is through us that men come to know God. Paul says there in that passage that the Lord makes his appeal through us. God makes his appeal to this world through the preaching of the gospel. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 21. 
1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, Paul says, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, but it pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save those who believe. Those in this world who are perishing spiritually will be saved. They will come to know the Lord through preaching, through men and women, through children of God, through people who have been washed by the blood of Jesus, boldly and confidently proclaiming God's word. That is how people come to know the Lord, through the foolishness of preaching. How wonderful is that? It is a beautiful thing when all of God's children gather together and boldly and confidently proclaim the word of God. And when we do this, when we are people who are devoted to walking with the Lord, pleasing the Lord, and preaching the word, some glad morning, as the hymnist says, some glad morning, when this life is over, each and every one of us will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. And we will be translated to a heavenly realm and fly away to be with our Lord for all of eternity on God's celestial shore. May that be so for each and every one of us here this morning. If you're here today and you are not a Christian, oh, what a perfect opportunity it is to become a Christian. God has done so many wonderful things for you. He sent his only begotten son to this earth from 42 generations to live as a man, to suffer as a man, to die as a man, but to be raised as Lord. That's what he has done for you. If you want to be a part of that, if you want to be a part of the family of Christ, then believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, believe that he is King of kings, believe that he is Lord of lords, and repent and turn away from your sins, striving to live for the Lord every single day. Confess the name of Jesus and have your sins washed away in baptism. If you've done that before, but you've made mistakes and you've fallen away, if you have any other spiritual need that we can help you with, please come to the front while we stand and sing the song of the